And welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, just like you, with real stories, just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Dr. Andrea Horta from andreachristina.com. Andrea is a naturopathic doctor, health coach, catalyst for human transformation, and loves being a positive change in people's lives. Dr. Horta, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. And it's Andrea. Andrea, not Andrea. I'm sorry. Andrea. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, you know, because it's like hard to, uh, the spelling of it is a little bit off. So that's why. Okay. I should know better because uh, I'm Greek and I know Andrea and Andrea, <laughs> two different names. I know I should know better. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so how have your webinars been going? You've been doing uh, quite a bit anxiety webinars they've been amazing i've been i feel like feel super blessed arigato to my webinars because every time i host them people learn a lot like i did even one last week for um, a bank a bank group and um everyone took down because that's the, the cool thing about the web the webinar that i'm teaching it's very practical so it's like these hands-on solutions so it's all about anxiety and i talk about three solutions for anxiety these solutions are solutions that I see time and time again that are like, you know, we don't, people aren't doing them and that's why they have anxiety, you know? So I give at the end of each solution, I give homework and then we kind of wrap it up and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. Uh, actually on one of your YouTube uh, posts, cause you do a lot of stuff on YouTube. I've been noticing uh, you actually do talk about anxiety and breath work. So, mm -hmm. How do you use breathing to help anxiety? Yeah, it's a great question, John. So I've done a, a little bit of research on this. And what the research shows is that if you're able to get your breath rate um, for about anything less than 10 breaths per minute, ideally in the six, five to six range per minute, um, if you can get your breath into that zone, then what happens is that there's this really positive effect on your parasympathetic nervous system. So you have your fight or flight nervous system or your rest and digest. Your fight or flight is your sympathetic nervous system, you know, in Latin, simpa is like to feel, right? So fight or flight, you got to run for it. You're feeling all this pressure. You got to run for it. And that's your sympathetic nervous system. Then you have your rest and digest. And rest and digest is all about relaxing, calming down, nourishing the body. And so when you're in that, and that's called parasympathetic. So when you're doing this type of breath work, it actually builds the resiliency of your parasympathetic nervous system. It works on that side, making you instead of like jumping on alert towards something, you're actually going to stay more calm. Something will go off. A fire will go off. Something will run in front of you, but you'll be like, I'm okay. Let's check it out. And so you end up becoming more grounded. There's other benefits with slowing down the breath where you it increases something called heart rate variability, HRV. And I'm sure you know of this marker in the health world. So now more people are talking about it. High heart rate variability means that there's a greater space between the heartbeats. So maybe like one heartbeat is like a wide space and then another smaller space. So there's more variability between the heartbeats. The higher the heart rate variability, the better overall 
your number, your risks for like cardiovascular disease, the better overall risks for um, metabolic disorders, any diabetes, um, blood pressure problems. It's better for mortality. So it reduces the risk of mortality as well as improves your morbidity. So it has all these like win, 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 win. And then on top of that, the research shows that if you have higher HRV, you improve your overall quality. Sorry, you improve your overall quality of life. Sorry about that. So like I was saying, you improve your quality of life, which is super powerful, right? And it's all done through breath. And that's what really blows my mind. It's all done through breath. So when, we're, when we bring it back to anxiety, it's all about, okay, what are we going to do for anxiety? Anxiety, we want to really slow everything down, bring yourself into parasympathetic, which the breath does that. And so you have anxiolytic benefits, you have antidepressive benefits. It really helps basically any mental health condition. Cool. Um, like also even people with like AD, ADHD for sure would benefit from it. Cool. Very cool. So also in one of your other YouTube videos, you also talk about a morning, morning, a tech morning detox. <laughs> Does that also, can that also impair somebody's like anxious uh, moods throughout the day? And how would you go about the tech morning detox? Yeah, that's a good one, especially for today's day and age. Everyone's so attached to their phone. They go to bed with their phone. <laughs> they go to the washroom with their phone. You know, they're on the toilet with their phone. That's <laughs> kind of funny, right? But it's true, right? So a mobile tech detox, um, basically, it's just, it's a way to slowly get off technology and to disconnect from electronics. Because many of the old school uh, wise men and women um, they would say that electricity and EMFs, electromagnetic radiation, is really affecting our nerves. It's affecting our nervous system. It's affecting our brains. And so being able to disconnect from it and set the intention to have your own space away from the phone is really, really important. So in terms of a tech detox, I like to challenge my patients with either a morning tech detox or an evening or both if you get into the practice. I know for me, I have both. So for instance, you would set a time, a bookend time. So in the morning, you'd wake up, at, let's say if you wake up at 6.30, from 6.30 to let's say 7.30, you do not touch the phone at all. I know it's tempting because you want to check your emails and Instagram and everything, right? But there's no rush, right? Half the time when you're checking emails, it's other people's agenda. It's not your agenda. It's not something really important to you, right? It's just other people's stuff. So during that hour, you set the intention, I'm going to be away from the phone. I'm going to be focused on myself. I'm going to be focused on nourishing myself, starting the day off right, maybe doing a meditation, some breathing, maybe doing some journaling, maybe some exercise first thing in the morning, and really giving yourself that time for you and then once you've set your, your intention for the day and you really like, okay, ready, gonna have an amazing day today, that's when you turn on your phone. So you give yourself space. That's interesting because uh, I've been doing a lot of research on the, some of the highest performers like money-wise and you know business-wise and everybody from like Jeff Bezos and everybody else like that, they always have that same fate, that same kind of routine where they just, they don't touch any electronics for like an hour when they wake up. 
Yeah. And that's 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 what they call me time because their days are just so crazy. Like, yeah, what well, Elon Musk, every, his his he writes down his agenda every five minutes, like what he's doing. <laughs> so imagine, right? Like if you have that space for yourself and you totally disconnect, and then in other ways to do a tech detox, if you feel like you can't do that, would be just to take like a half day off on Sunday where you actually leave your phone behind. And I know both you and I, we were part of that business accelerator for London Real. And, um, you know, Brian suggests, he's like, go for a three hour walk. You like, don't bring your phone, <laughs> right? And it's true. Like, did you go on that walk? I always go on three hour walks on the weekends. That's the only time that I have actual time to go to, to for long walks. But now okay. with, now with my, um, with my triathlon trainings training, I actually have to leave my phone behind. So, because I'm already attached to one device and another device for the heart rate monitor. So it's like, right. okay, the phone too. Like, okay, enough is enough. Just leave the phone b behind. And how does that feel when you're, because the thing is you're still connected there, but um, when you, when you've left your phone at home, how, how has that felt for you? I used to be okay with it, but, I don't know, last, what, 17 weeks that I've been uh, part of London Real, it's just, I, it feels like I'm attached to the phone now consistently. Yeah. And it's a, it's a feeling that I don't like having. I don't like feeling like handcuffed to a device. And you know, it's not even you. It's like physiologically, there's a dopamine hit and dopamine hit and dopamine hit. It's like literally pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Look, feedback, feedback, feedback it's happening inside your nervous system. You don't even know that it's happening. You know, like there's times when I, and this is the scary thing. Like I usually try to post on Instagram and then walk away. But if I stay on there, it's like next thing you know, and as soon as I pick up my phone, I go there and I'm like, but I don't even want to go there. Why am I going there? And it's because your brain has now neurally connected to this like pathway. And you know that at the end of that pathway, you're going to get a hit. And the hit is not a drug. The hit is actually a brain chemical called dopamine, which gives you pleasure, which gives you focus, attention, you know, it makes you feel good. And yeah. it's kind of scary. That's why there was all this talk about, um, what was it that? It was the main guy that used to work for uh, Facebook. He left it to start another business. Can't remember his name. He has a really, really long name. Can't remember his name right now. But anyways, he was like booed and, and shunned down, but then he ended up, on all these uh, conferences to talk about what his what he realized is because he started having kids and he started seeing what Facebook and Instagram does to kids minds because look what it does to adults minds and we're conscious of it let yeah. alone imagine a tech detox for a 12 year old yeah I see it with uh, I, I actually see it firsthand with kids like uh, you give them a cell phone you try to take away from it like from a four or five year old it's like they have a Baz attack like a yeah. really bad tantrum yeah and yeah you're right uh does this also talk uh does this can this also affect the circadian rhythm with people oh that's a good question i've never uh, never looked into the research of electronics and circadian rhythm but um i can just tell you a little bit what i know about circadian rhythm 
and then maybe we can kind of like hypothesize what the interaction sure be. yeah sure so like a circadian rhythm is like a biological process it's a natural process of a 24-hour cycle of the day so for example when you wake up first thing in the morning between five and seven you wake up and then all of a sudden cortisol that stress hormone is released right and then you're awake, you're alert, and your body starts to warm up temperature. And as it's warming up, you go about your day. The next, next time you get another dose of hormones would be when you eat and you get maybe an insulin rush, right? And then at around nine or 10, usually there's, I had written down some notes about this, but usually between nine and 10, there's peak alertness. And this, this is a general, okay? Because there are chronotypes for some people that are different than what I'm explaining, but this is a general 24 hour circadian rhythm. So wake up in the morning, five to seven, full on cortisol, lots of energy. And then you get into peak alertness around nine or 10 at around, um, oh yes, testosterone can get, get released as well around nine or 10 in the morning. Then around 5 PM it's peak strength. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. A lot of the training, um, forums that you go on, they'll say, yeah, the best time to train is between 4.30, 5.30 in the afternoon or somewhere in the afternoon because your nervous system, your hormones, everything's in balance because of the rhythm of the day. So it's the best time to actually gain strength. And then as your circadian rhythm starts to turn around into the evening, you come into 8 p.m. and around 8 p.m. is when cortisol drops, that stress hormone comes down and melatonin comes up. So melatonin is your sleep hormone. So they're actually an opposite parallel. Like they're not parallel, they're opposite. So if cortisol is still up, then that melatonin cannot come up to get you into deep sleep. And you want to follow that circadian rhythm into deep sleep because around 2 a.m. in the morning is when you have the highest concentration of active white blood cells. So that's why whenever we're talking about corona and immune system, we know that sleep is so important. Why? Because you're regenerating and you're releasing basically the highest amount of white blood cell activity, which are your defenders, right? So you have this like beautiful rhythm of the day and you need to actually go into each one. If your sleep is interrupted, for example, if you work out late at night, I have some patients that do this and I, I, I warn them not to. But if they work out late at night, what happens is sometimes that cortisol and adrenaline is still pumping in, in through their system and their body's not able to get rid of it fast enough. So they stay up and they stay up till like one or two or three and they're just watching stuff. But this is totally eating away at the regeneration that their body should be getting for the whole evening so that cortisol can ramp up again. So it disrupts the melatonin. You can't go into deep sleep at all. So that's why it's so important to actually like follow it. There are some people that will say, no, I feel the most alert at like 4 p.m. or something, you know? Sometimes you'll hear people say this, but it could be that's their chronotype. It could just be that's their, their circadian rhythm's a little bit different. And so if they really know that in themselves, then they can monitor their rhythm to make sure they're getting the right sleep at the right time, you know? Yeah, actually, what about you? I was gonna I was gonna say there's a, there's a couple of a uh, couple of points that I wanted to touch up with that. What would you say to somebody who is forced to work nights? Yeah, that's the issue, right? The issue is night shifts and um, what are they called? Jet lag people that travel a lot. 
So that's why those people tend to have like 30 to 40% risk in a lot of these diseases like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, metabolic stuff, because it's just really hard on the body. So we've seen that if the, we've seen that if the circadian rhythm is off, then you can have higher weight gain. You can have slower thinking. You can have people that behaviors, they're more impulsive. They're just more irritable almost, you know? So what would I say to them? I would say, start looking, start looking for a job that matches the day. I mean, I did it. I bartended for, God, I probably bartended for 17 years. Like I bartended for a long time. So I was in the, in the night. I was in the night for three days a week. And then, and I remember sitting with my acupuncturist, my traditional Chinese medicine doctor. And she said to me, every single time you work three nights until 5.30 or six in the morning, it takes you three days to recover, to reset that rhythm. So three days, nights, three days to recover. So I was recovering on Thursday. So let's say it was Sunday recovering, Monday, Tuesday. So by Wednesday, I feel normal again. Like all my hormones are back into balance. I felt good. And then Thursday, I'd have to go back to work. So I was constantly depleted. I got, you get sick a lot faster like this. I gain weight a lot faster like this. It's like my brain was definitely, I was always foggy. So it's just a matter of time. You have to get out of it somehow. That's interesting because um, I actually noticed the same thing because I used to work security. I was a security guard downtown Toronto. What? Uh, you were? Yeah, I was working nights. I was only on the night shift. I only wanted the night shift. Um, yeah, and uh, I would always find uh, find it really hard to uh, to recover. Like sometimes I would have a hard time going to sleep during the day because I just I just couldn't sleep. So yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I forced myself out of that job. Thank God. Yeah. yeah Any only one way out. Any security guards out there listening, force yourself to get out of there. There's always an out. <laughs> There's always an out. Trust me. Uh, switching gears a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk a lot about how the importance of physical activity is. Uh, what are some of the benefits of becoming physically active and trying to keep in tune with the uh, circadian rhythm that we just talked about? Like I know some people's work schedules doesn't really set ideal timelines to work out. So how could you could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think whenever people talk about timelines, you know, I used to train just like you. So whenever we go through our, you know, clients, trainings, objections, timeline is always one of them. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. So I think one of the biggest pieces is finding out why they want to get physically active, because that is going to be one of the key, key motivators for them to actually change their whole entire life. Because if they're in a normal program right now where they're waking up just before, and like this, this is, I hear this a lot. So they're waking up just before they have to like be on a call and jump into business. And then they go straight and then they go in mommy, mommy and daddy duty. And then they stay up watching TV because they're so exhausted to do anything else. And then they crash out short sleep and then they start all over again. So if they're stuck in that, nothing is going to get them out of that. 
So the only thing that, that you have to ask is like, why is it that they want to get physically active? And, you know, despite my reasons, my reasons are a being sedentary is the new smoking. Like it actually increases your risks of many diseases. Metabolic disease was never something we used to see before. Metabolic disease is a combination disease where people have dysregular sugars, dysregular blood pressure, truncal obesity, which is really close to your heart, which is scary. And then um, what's the other one? Cholesterol, irregular lipids. So like we see this a lot, fatty liver, it's happening a lot. And so like just those reasons alone are gonna increase your mortality. Like you will knock on wood, it's like sad to say, but your mortality will increase. Not to mention if you're, you know, uh, not working out, you're probably gonna get into like worse habits. You know what I mean? Because you're not as conscious as when you're working out. So for me, one of the other reasons is like for me, benefits would be like confidence, right? You just feel so good. You feel good in your body. You feel strong. You can walk with your posture differently. You put on your clothes and you feel more like yourself. That changes everything. It changes the way that you interact with people. It changes the way that if you go out to go see someone or not, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel at least. Mm -hmm. So to bring it back to whether or not, you know, this relates to other people, the first thing I'd ask them is like, why do they want to add lifestyle uh, activity into their life? Because if they don't have an internal why if they don't know why they're doing it they're not going to do it like i can tell you one of my pa- well, um one of my patients a while back um there she was in her late 60s and also diabetic okay and what was her why right what was her why at the age of like 60 or 70 years old what's going to cause you to exercise when you have this like long day and you're used to all you used to this pattern of your life you know just sitting and watching tv after work like how what's going to change that so you have to have a really deep why and for her it was to like to see her grandkids to play with her grandkids it was that once once she connected to that why next thing you know boom she got a membership got her husband a membership she never even been to a gym in her life like it changed everything right and it has to be a good why otherwise they're not going to do it they're just not going to do it. I think that's the most powerful question that we have in the English language. Uh, I know Simon Sinek uh, spoke about that. It's uh, what is your why? Yeah. Um, everything uh, has everything has to start with that. I love that. I actually answered that one day when I was watching his talk. I answered that and I was like, "What? How did I not not know this the whole time? I should have my why in front of me every day because you forget. You're so busy doing things that you forget your why. And that's exactly what I tell my patients to do. Take your why, put it on your fridge, put it on the door before you walk out of your door and every single day, hit your why. Why am I doing this? Look at your why. Because otherwise you'll forget just like I did. We're human beings, you know? Well, we're divine spiritual beings having this human experience, but humans are flawed. We're all flawed. There's nothing perfect about us. (laughs) You know what I mean? I know. And that's what makes us uh, amazing that uh, it's our, it's, it's our imperfections that make us unique from one another. And we should be celebrating that. That that's my personal view. Yes, Um, I agree. Celebrate differences the ego that tries to compare and tell you that you're not you're not as good as the other person the differences are what makes us unique look at a tree 
There's like a thousand trees outside. They don't compare themselves. They're all different. Yeah. Every single one of them is different. Yet they're all beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. But with respect to the timeline, if people are having a hard time with time, my biggest, like, um, my trick, my trick that I usually do with them is to ask them to do, uh, sit down and do a time block just for one week. So Monday to Saturday, let's say they take Sunday off, Monday to Saturday, to write down all the fixed things that they absolutely do. That's like, it's like set in stone. Absolutely. I have to do this. I have to do this and then see where there's gaps and then start with a really small amount. Like maybe start with a 10 minute walk and that's all they could fit in. And you fit that into the areas where you don't have fixed things. And that's what I would start with. And I would do that for at least a month. So it's easy. Now it's a part of their life. They're like, Oh my God. And like 10 minutes, John, you think it would do nothing. It does everything. It changes everything. And why it takes us back to that anxiety reason of doing slow breathing. It takes us back into our parasympathetic nervous system. Cause normally all day long, since we wake up, especially if we're on our phone right away, we're in fight or flight. We're in sympathetic nervous system. But when you go for that 10 minute little walk, you go into your rest and digest your parasympathetic nervous system, right? And this is the one thing that our like whole planet is missing right now. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't, that's a lie. Because like, for example, like, you know, in other cultures, they're relaxing. Yes, I know a lot of people that are relaxing somewhere right now. Yes. They're chilling, right? They enjoy their, they enjoy their siestas. They enjoy their afternoons. They work, but they also enjoy. Yeah. And uh, that's the one thing that I was actually having a conversation with another coworker of mine. And uh, we were saying, that's the one thing that we, uh, that we, 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 we love to hate and we hate to love them because they don't take life seriously, but they just take it and just enough seriously. Yeah. I like that. You can't, what is it work to live or live to work? That's the same concept, right? Yeah. Pretty much the same concept. So what would you say would be the easiest way for someone to get active? Just videotaping you. I think we Um, just answered that, but. (laughs) What's the easiest? Yeah. The easiest way is just to look at your time block, put in all the fixed units and then wherever there is gaps, and I always start with the slowest and the smallest increment. So like if it's just one day a week, start with one day a week. If it's two days a week, start with two days a week. The slowest thing, because number one thing is you want to win. You don't want to be like an imposter, which I've done a thousand times. Okay, I'm going to do seven days a week. And then I don't do it. And then I'm feeling super guilty. I'm like, oh, or I might even feel ashamed of myself. Like there's something wrong with me. Why can't I stick to it? You know, so that's not good. So are starting really small. And it's funny, but there's a lot of people that want to go all out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're at zero. If you're at zero, you don't need to do seven days a week. Right? Yeah. Doing one day a week is already moving you in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, what is the journey to health? Ooh, what is the journey to life? <laughs> <laughs> Because honestly, without, without health, you don't, you don't have a life. What's the point in working so hard and having a pension and having all this money if you have no health? You're on eight medications. I know. I know people in their 30s that are on tons of medications. 
where is that going to go if you don't take back your health, right? So the journey to health is it's kind of like what we talk about, journey to healing. And it's a process. It's a step by step. And like, it's, it's like, it's instead of like normally like regular medicine, I'll show you an example. This totally makes sense. Regular medicine says, okay, healing looks like this. It's a straight line all the way up. That's what they say. But it doesn't look like that. It's more like you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down, you stay down, you go up again, you plateau for a while. So that's more of what it looks like. Right? And who knows if you ever get to the top. But the biggest difference is committing to the journey of health, committing to the journey of your healing journey. I say that to all the time to patients. It's, it's, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a guide, right? It's up to you to make that commitment that you want to keep going, even if you fall and you got to get up and keep going. Like how many times have I asked patients, there's no dairy. Oh no, I can't do that. Okay. So they stay with the same symptoms. They get rid of dairy. The symptoms are gone. Right. But it's their journey, right? But they re-aggravate, it's their journey. So that's why it really looks like this. It's a bunch of scribbles. It's just not a straight line. It looks actually like my life, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. But I mean uh, it's true, right? It's true. The journey of health is one where you decide that you want to live a like a full, vibrant life, you know? And you're going to commit to it. You're going to commit to keep keeping on progressing. You know, in training, we talk about progressiveness, like progressing little bit by little bit. And every time I sit with the patient, I'm like, you know, you, you got to be like a sponge. You're like a sponge. You're going to absorb what you really like. You're going to try it and integrate it. See if it works with you. And if it does, you keep that. And then you go back, absorb another little bit integrate it see if it works with you because what, what works for me not, might not necessarily work for you right so, so you true constantly be experimenting with yourself and seeing you know like liver chicken liver like i get it like liver is amazing okay it's amazing it's a superfood everyone should be eating it and i tell my patients to eat liver but oh my god oh the smell is awful i remember like it's like a nostalgia thing from back home and I just can't handle it. Are you kidding me? I love liver. It's one of my favorite foods. So I have to take liver supplements. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you guys make your liver? Uh, we, we fry it usually. Okay. We fry it's it, like but we don't leaf. eat. Yeah, we don't eat the chick. We don't eat chicken liver. We eat lamb's liver, goat liver. Yeah, cow liver, I think. Okay. So with like a, they, they do it with like a bay leaf and some garlic. Yeah. Still, that still sounds pretty good. Bay leaf and the garlic and fried up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sign it me just up. just like stews in there with its own juices. <laughs> so bad. But Is then it, again, you know, here's talking to the person that used to like, I used to pick, go pick snails. Because like, I, I grew up in Portugal, so I'd have to, like, they would take me down to the ravine, and then these low bushes, they look like scary bushes, and you just pick snails off the bushes. Nice. And you bring them home, you wash them all the way through, 
They're still alive, by the way. And then you put them into a big boiler, like a big, big pot with all kinds of oregano and garlic and all this stuff to like, you know, yeah. So it's a big delicacy. Sounds, I can't eat them now, but I used to eat them. <laughs> sounds awesome. Sign me up again. Yeah, it's high collagen. It's crazy high collagen. Yeah. Uh, it Again, in one of your... Um, I think this is an important question that we need to address. In one of your YouTube um, videos, you talk about bullying yourself. Mm. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Um, yeah, that's a good one. I learned that term from someone else that I was listening to. I can't remember who it was now, otherwise I would name her. Um, but it was more like, it's like, what do you say to yourself every single day? What are the comments that you say to yourself every single day? Because guaranteed, the way that like you and I, the way that we would treat each other, that we would never like, you would never say mean things to me, right? <laughs> I would never say mean things to you. Um, but when you're having that dialogue within yourself, within your own mind, so, I mean, even I'll give you a, full vulnerable example. I, I had told you recently that I had not been to the gym, sadly, in seven days. I've been really busy and I set up a time to go because now you have to book it and then I just didn't make it. And I was been feeling guilty. I'm 100% going tomorrow, but I've been feeling guilty. And from that, because I knew that I had higher stress and this always happens and you'll notice this in yourself, whenever you have higher stress and you're not getting the energy output, you're not getting that release, You'll tend, to, you'll tend to gain weight around your belly button, around the, the abdominal area. And I start like literally my bullying has been, oh, look, I can pinch something there now. Oh, like, look, I can pinch around the belly button. What does that mean? You know, and I'm like literally today, all day as I'm walking around, going there, going there, I can feel my belly button, you know? So I'm like bullying myself, telling myself, look, that's not good. Look, that's gross. I can't believe your stomach's not flat. Your stomach's supposed to be flat. Like that's literally the dialogue that's happening inside my head. It's like, and, and meanwhile, it's, it's a bully because I would never, ever say that to anyone else. Like bodies are perfect, you know, and consciously when I talk to you, I know that it doesn't matter five pounds over five pounds under 20 pounds over. It doesn't matter. You can be whatever weight you want because your value is not determined by your weight at all my value is i am a worthy being you know i am valuable i'm worthy of love all these things right but that bullying aspect is putting me down telling me no this is not good enough this is not right you know you're a naturopath you're a fitness person and so it's this constant nag 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 and it's like it just gets tiring right you just can't be yourself you just can't like Cause it's like nonstop. So one of the things that I'm doing now is like, when I hear that voice come up, I kind of like, before it was always like fighting it. Like, no, I don't want to hear it. Stop. And now what I'm learning to do is like to see it. And if you want, you can write it down. I don't, I don't write it down, but I'm just like, I look at it and I'm like, Oh, poor you. You're feeling sad today. You're a little bit disappointed. Like, you know, not a, not in a dis-meaning uh, way, but more like just to really like imagine it being like a little, you know, little gremlin or a little child, you know, that's talking to you. And you're like, oh, it's okay. It's 
okay, you're not feeling that great. It's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. And so all of a sudden, like giving yourself permission to feel those things, then it starts happening less and less because you're acknowledging it. You're not just trying to push away that feeling of unhappiness or unworthiness, you know? I think that's very important to, to, to say, because if you allow that voice to keep going, it can get worse. Bigger, louder. And I myself have experienced it. And I'm sure other people out there listening have, uh, have experienced it in the past or currently experiencing it now. And I think that's important for them to understand that it's okay to hear it try to understand what it's doing to you and then just move on just allow or i can give you another tool go ahead go ahead we, we <laughs> i'm all good for more tools it's a lot of fun okay so i learned this from lisa nichols lisa nichols is a motivational speaker she went total rags to riches crazy story beautiful woman oh my god if you ever get a chance to listen to her or watch her speak she's on mind valley she has a couple of courses on mind valley she has her own system She's amazing. Anyways, I watched one of her programs because I was like addicted to Lisa Nichols at one point. This is right in the middle of, um, what's it called again? Our uh, business accelerator with London Rail. So um, she taught me how to do this. So you make a line down the middle and on one side you put lies and on the other side you put the truth. Lies versus truth. And so we would start with that talk, right? And I would write my lie. So what my lie would be like, look, you suck. You gained all this weight and no one's ever going to be attracted to you, ever going to like you. That's the lie, right? The lie is you suck, fatter now, you gained this weight and no one's going to like you. Okay, then what would be my truth? Because that's a lie. I know that's a lie. I know that's a lie because I even in my experience, sometimes when I've been heavier, that's when I've attracted more men, <laughs> which is crazy. You know, or I've had where I've had um, you know, uh, old boyfriends that are like, don't drop weight, like stay plump, you know. So some, you know, so it just depends, right? Some guys are gonna like you skinny, other people are gonna like you chubbier it doesn't matter you know what I mean the point is is that that's a lie that I was telling myself look you gained weight no one's gonna like you that's a lie so what would be the truth can you give me an idea of what would be the truth the truth is you're perfect the way you are Whether. Yeah, I think that one would be really hard for me to say to myself because that's the other thing you have to check. When you write your truth, you have to check with your heart. Like, is this congruent? Does it really, really feel like that's true? For me to say that I'm perfect, <laughs> I would never believe that. My, my inner mind would be like, ah, I don't think so. You mean perfectly flawed? <laughs> yes. Perfectly yeah. flawed in your own way. And that makes you perfect. Like me, yeah. I'm perfectly flawed in my own way. I have more flaws than you could shake a cat at. Like, uh, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many flaws I have. But you know what? It's just me. 
exactly. So, so okay, so so that that's a perfect example. So that would be your truth because it feels right for you and it makes you feel more grounded, more calm. So for me, when I say, look, you you gained weight, no one's gonna like you, then I can say, you know what? Actually, it, I know that it doesn't matter because men like women at different stages of everything from their age to their weight. So I I know that different men like women at different weights and plus my guy uh, my divine man right my beloved the guy that I'm still to meet right my guy um will will think I'm like you said will think I'm perfect no matter what exactly <laughs> think I'm perfect no matter what right so then that becomes my truth so then what happens is you write your lie and then you write your truth. And so for 30 days, you have to read both of them. You have to put it up on a wall and you have to read both of them. Read the lie and read the truth. Read the lie, read the truth. And after 30 days, you cross out the lie. You actually cross it out, physically cross it out. And if you want, if there's a line, you can actually just have just the truth. And for another 30 days, you, you say the truth. You say the truth for 30 days. You hit the wall, hit the wall, read it, read it, read it over and over and over again. And, and then that becomes your new program. Now, what's really crazy is I've done this. I did this for finance stuff. And I don't remember what the lie was because it's gone. It's been reprogrammed. I was thinking back to it. I was like, what was that that I was saying to myself? And I couldn't even remember what it was because I had actually covered it completely with marker. And I was just reading the truth. And then the truth became real. And what's really cool is this, this was her technique that she did when she was getting herself out of like shitholes, literally, you know? And so she reprogrammed her mind without knowing the neuroscience, but there's neuroscience now to prove it. Now there's neuroscience showing that there's something called neuroplasticity, right? Which is a reprogramming of the neural pathways and new nerve growths that can happen when you think a certain way that thinking a certain way causes you to feel a certain way that feeling a certain way causes you to make choices and actions that are congruent with the thought feeling and action so as long as you're thinking that new thought feeling good about it because like when i say when i say I know that men like women at all stages. Plus my divine man's gonna think I'm perfect anyways. That makes me feel good. So first my thought, then my feeling, and what's my action? My action's gonna be like, I'll feel good. So I'm not gonna sabotage myself. I'll probably go for a workout because I'm gonna feel good. You know what I mean? And so the neuroscience, there's a South African uh, doctor by the name Cat Cat Leaf. And she's basically proven that for about if you can do that reprogramming of the thoughts and the feeling associated with it um, for 53 days or something like this, that it totally re reprograms. And they actually see the areas of the brain light up that are for more positivity in that area. And it's the same technique. It's just that new thought programmed for 60 days. It's crazy. It works. It's so simple. Does this have anything to do with that, with the whole human transformation that you talk about? That I talk about? 
What do you mean? Human transformation. <laughs> I, what what exactly did you mean by do you oh, mean by human transformation? Like does this does this have anything to to that 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 molds into it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was playing with words and I was trying to figure out like how do you how do you even like put into words what I've been through? Because as you know, right, we I, I mean I'm a health coach. I'm a naturopathic doctor. Yes, I do blood work and I do all that stuff, but I'm also a health coach. And for me, my clients that I like to work with a health coach are because I'm two steps or three steps ahead of them. I'm ahead in their journey. And so I was trying to figure out how to like say what I've been through. And it's been a complete transformation, you know, where it's like, in your body, you transform. In your food, you transform. Spiritually, I'm connected and meditating every day. I'm transforming. Um, my beliefs and my mindset, my ability to not react to things, things that would normally, you know, would upset me. Now I'm just like, bless you. It's okay. You know, let's drop it. Like, how do you even encompass that? So that's why I said full health transformation because it's like every like area. If you look at a wheel and you see like spiritual transformation, health transformation, career, finance, like all those areas are being transformed. So that's what I meant. <laughs> okay. So what are some of the tools or just if you can give us just one or two tools that you would use to help uh, do that human transformation thing? Okay. Well, one of them is for sure to write down every single uh, lie that you've been telling yourself. That's already a really hard one. And if you don't wanna start there, one of the things I ask patients to do is to do something called a brain dump. A brain dump is you take one day or you can even do half a day and you basically take a piece of paper, divide it in half, and you go through your whole day and you just like, monitor what's going on in there what is that voice saying so it's like if you're late oh i can't believe that you're late you're always late so you write down you're always late that's the voice inside your head that bully right and then something happens and you mess up and it's like oh i can't believe you did that again you know so you're making note of all your brain dumping you're dumping out all those automated negative thoughts because when you get conscious with them then you can take them onto the board and start to rework one at a time. One at a time. Can't do it all together, one at a time. That's really cool. That's a really cool tool. I don't even want to go inside my head. It's a scary place. Well, you could do you could do like the first 30 minutes. I'm afraid of two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one. And then the second thing I would ask people to do is to find um, a container, find a space, find a mentor, find a, a mastermind, find a program like yours, find something so that they're not doing it on their own. Like how much money have you and I spent on mentors? I'm still spending money on mentors. It's like, you know, you need other people that have already done it to guide you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than that. Because doing it on your own, oh my God, it's like going on loops. You're like, oh, I'm still here. Haven't changed anything. 
Oh, wow, I'm still here, still feeling pretty shitty, haven't changed anything. Oh, I'm doing the same things again. How the hell did I get here again? And next thing you know, you're 40 years old. And this is my story, my story. You're 40 years old. You have no kids, you have no family. You've just been going around reliving everything and going through the same thing until finally you wake up and you're like, no, I gotta change that. And it's yeah. powerful to be in a community, right? Look at, look at the relationship that you and I have now. It's amazing. I feel so grateful and thank God it's worth every single penny. Yeah, right? absolutely. I feel the same way. And uh, I remember uh, was four, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, we actually met up and uh, you actually did a lot of work on me. You had, I had an epiphany that, that, that night. Uh, you, you, do, you, do that, you do this work of removing blocks. You had me go into my past and I dove deep into my past and you may help me with, uh, you know, coming to terms with what had happened in my past. Um, I'm sure you, you people out there, uh, you people out there have heard my story before where, uh, where I almost committed suicide and everything uh and because of peer pressure and every my whole world coming coming to an end and um dr horta actually helped me with uh removing coming to term not removing just coming to terms and accepting that that point in my life so i can move forward and i not not, not just just move forward i just skyrocketed so have you used that with anybody else and seen stuff like that with them? Yeah, 100%. So I'm yeah, that the process is called the heart freedom method, heart freedom method. And it was written by uh, this doctor, Dr. Lise Janelle. This is one of her books called conversations with the heart. And she explains everything in, the, in her book about how to understand what happens is when we go through something traumatic, something painful, we tend to store those emotions inside our body. Everyone thinks that emotions are just out there, but no, they get stored in our tissue. Just like if you were in a knock on wood, if we were you know, hurt by a car or something, then we would have that trauma in, inside our body, you know? But so anyway, so whenever emotions are stored or locked in here, we have to find a way to connect with the body, allow the body to show us what emotions are stuck there. And usually you find out it's an emotion when you were like four, or when you were like 12, or when you were 21, like just a long time ago, those emotions, but they're still, they're kind of like, they're driving the car, even though like you're in your forties and these old emotions from back then are driving your life, you know? So it's just, a, it's just a technique where you can go in and you can see what's going on, who's in there and what they're feeling, what beliefs are they feeling, what stories are they telling? And then you come out being able to have wisdom and gratitude for that event. Because the truth is, is like in life, there's always positive and negative. It's never just bad or it's never just good. It's positive and negative always it's balanced energy in the in the world the yin and yang so i've done that with a lot of people and like i've done over 73 sessions or something like that it's really really high um yeah it's been really cool and i don't know it's it's definitely it's not it's not for the weak at heart <laughs> it's for people that want to do the work you have to have courage you had courage you leaned in it was amazing 
And uh, when you lean in and you're vulnerable like that, like you were, that's when you see the transformation. Because when you're kind of like, oh, I want to do this, I want to kind of heal, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to stay close and I'm not going to really feel everything. You're not going to expose everything, then you can't really go in and heal it, you know? So it takes a lot of courage, I think. It's, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. really does. Um, it's funny. Um, ever since that day, I've been having, like, I've, I've been going back into my past and I'm like, oh, this happened this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. It's like one domino after another. And I'm like going back to like when I was like seven years old, eight years old. And I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? So I'm like, you know, and I just did what you told me to do. Just, you know, just say, that's okay. That's fine. Just, we learned from it. We're in a good place. And, and I'm still trying to listen to what I was trying to tell myself in the future. Still can't hear it yeah either either i will actually when i get there i'll know what i was saying to myself now (laughs) 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 or i'll figure it out somehow (laughs) (laughs) uh we've also talked about some kind of stuff not 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 here but from before like brain food what are brain food? What, what are brain food? Uh, brain food, I, I like to call brain food anything that actually supports the function and the protection of the brain. So two, two things that would be ideal brain food would be high omega-3. Um, and we know with omega-3, it's actually really good for anxiety and depression as well. So omega-3s are essential fatty acids that you can get from fish, you can get it from wild game, you can get it from algae, chia seeds, hemp parts. And then the other brain food that supports the brain would be uh, protein. And believe it or not, almost everyone and their mother is low in protein. It's actually, I was listening to this researcher, she studies gerontology, I forgot her name now, but anyways, she basically speaks about how that's one of the biggest issues in getting older. It's protein deficiency. Everyone's protein deficient. Now, if you have kidney problems, obviously this is not an option for you, but um, protein deficiency all the way for your brain to support the cognitive functions of your brain. Um, in one of your other YouTube videos, you've talked about Dr. Joe Dispenza and the placebo effect. One What's your takeaway from that book? And two, do you think that the foods and the supplements that we take can be a placebo effect to us? That's a good question. So my first read of the book is that he's, he was able to take a really hard subject and make it readable and still use science in like mixed into it, which is really powerful because that's, Whenever you go into the energetic world, it's kind of like, oh, it's woohoo, you know, but meanwhile, he brings science into it because a lot of his his whole entire book, it's like study after study, right? Like he, like the one that I mentioned was the one in Vancouver where people were like, you know, told that they were going to get a drug that had dopamine in it specifically for Parkinson's people and they took it um, and they had crazy spikes in dopamine when they, they did it all. Like it was an RCT trial, it was totally legit, double blind and everything. And their dopamine levels shot up. Meanwhile, it was just a sugar pill. 
So, I mean, the power, the therapeutic power of even a doctor working with you, if that doctor has confidence and tells you what intention that they have in terms of your diagnosis, you're going to change. That's why it's so funny whenever you go, you hear these doctors, doctors are the medical system, the conventional system, they're told to just be real, like just tell them what the numbers are. Um, but then it doesn't really help with their um, guidance because some of them will go down and other, others, others of them will, you know, survive it get challenged by it you know but the second part of your question was um you know can vitamins and minerals and stuff be be like a placebo so it's a yes and a no so the reason why is because your whole entire body when you're looking at healing healing is done this is the healing triangle so depending on what you need healing i would 100 percent say that about i would say 55 to 65 percent of diseases are in the mental, emotional, or energetic realm, where there's something there that's blocking you mentally, emotionally, or energetically, maybe even transgenerationally, that is affecting your healing, okay? But then, out of those 65, so there's another like 35 to 40% that could be due to other factors. Like it could be a physical thing at the bottom of the triangle, a physical structural problem. Like, you know, we had a friend that was in a car accident, okay? There was physically, structurally something wrong, right? Her body was aching. She had internal bleeding, you know? So that's a physical thing that we need to fix. But then there's also on the other side, biochemical nutrition, nutrient deficiencies. So if, you've, if you're here, if you're mental, emotional, and you're totally fine, then you got to look at the other areas and see what else is needed. Just like fertility. Fertility is a perfect example. Most of the time, the first thing they do is they rule out all the structural problems in the healing before they move on to anything else, right? So if you're taking vitamins and minerals because we've done your blood work or we've done your urine test and your magnesium is low, every single cell in your body needs so much magnesium, especially when you're under stress. So if you take magnesium, is that a placebo? No, not at all. Because your cells are actually deficient in it. Just like vitamin D. I see vitamin D deficiency all the time, even in the summertime, joke. Meanwhile, it's such an important hormone for our whole entire body. Yeah, I've been uh, slacking on those vitamins, yeah. vitamin I supplements. I need it. I know I can feel it too. Cause... That's why. How about sun? People go on vacation. They're in the sun. They're like, oh, it was because I was on vacation. No, I was like, because you got a double, triple, quadruple dose of vitamin D all at once. Yeah. And now your body's like, <gasps> optimize. So is it placebo? No. If you're not deficient and you get all that vitamin D, you'll get sick because you'll go overdose. Yeah. Uh, we touched up on this next question uh, in one way. Uh, journal affirmations. Can you go a little bit more into what a journal affirmation is? Yeah. So affirmations are you are affirming something that you want something that you want to say for yourself for your life and you affirm it out loud and it's something that you want to practice there's actually some in positive psychology there's some good research on affirmations and them causing uh, your overall well-being to be better your quality of life to be better when you're using these positive affirmations and affirmations could be anything it could be like i am healthy, I am wealthy, I am wise, I am, you just start with like your I am's, right? 
I am like, sometimes in the morning I'll do, I'm having an extraordinary day today, you know? And just like, you start just saying these affirmations and somehow it becomes what you manifest, you know? So is it like that list that you said where you put all your, all your lies and all your truths? Could you use that as a journal of affirmation? No, the lies and the truth, that's actually reprogramming your beliefs in your brain. That's just reprogramming your old beliefs into your new belief, your old story into a new story that you want to be telling yourself regularly. So you could take that and create affirmations out of it. 100%. You could do that. So if you take your truth, the truth is that I know that men like different women and that my divine loves me as I am. So then my affirmation would be like, um, I'm, I am loved by someone who adores me. I am, it would be, you know what I mean? You could take this and, and move it on to that. But normally you just, you make a list of things that really, that you feel really good about, you know, like I eat nourishing foods. I am um, a wealth of knowledge. I am prosperous. I am, just start saying things that you really, really enjoy. I mean, there's, there's so many examples of good affirmations there was one that was like on a YouTube and it was like constantly replaying and it was like, I'm successful. I am a great speaker. I'm a good communicator. And it was just like tons of I am's. And to be honest with you, the most important thing is like maybe picking one to three max that you really, really believe and that you say every single day. Cause if there's any incongruencies, your body's not going to follow it. Right. Yeah. And this is something that you can use to keep yourself on track. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be honest with you. You know, Kat that you had on the you had on one of your other podcasts. Mm -hmm. She explained to me that in shamanism or in like in her folk medicine. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Hopefully, please don't be offended, Kat, if I'm saying it wrong. But in her medicine, she says that um, she teaches to just say one affirmation, just one, like. Um, I'm surrounded by love, let's say. I'm surrounded by love. I am surrounded by love. And so you say, you're supposed to say that affirmation 500 times, even like those little prayer beads. Imagine the little beads and you're walking around with the beads. I'm surrounded by love. I'm surrounded by love. I'm surrounded by love. I'm surrounded by love. And so that becomes your affirmation all day long, 500 times all day long. And then you use that same affirmation for five to six months. That's how she teaches it. She taught that to me. I haven't done that, although I am using just one affirmation right now. Before in the past, I would have made like a list of like three to five affirmations, but now I'm only using the one that I learned from her, for, for myself. And my, my new affirmation is that I am in charge of my own safety. I'm in charge of my own safety. I'm in charge of my own safety. It's very interesting. But I'm saying it over and over, and it actually makes me feel really good. But I'm in charge of my own safety, <laughs> and I'm having fun with it, you know? That's good. So that's that's what I've started doing. I don't do it 500 times, but all in my it's funny because in my every day I journal, and in my journaling, it actually comes up in my journaling a lot, where I'll remind myself I'm in charge of my own safety. I know um, there's a lot, again, there's a lot of uh, high-performance people one old man who lives in a castle 
And Dan Pena. Yeah, Mr. Dan Pena himself. Okay. And he loves doing his affirmations. A problem that I find with myself with affirmations is I have a very bad short-term memory. Six concussions has a tendency of doing that to people. So I forget what I was affirming yesterday. So I just make up a new one. Or I might just forget it completely not to do one at all. I'm like, all right, today, what do we have to do? This, 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 this. <laughs> yeah. It has to be a part of your process though. Like for me, I'll wake up super early to have myself. Like I have an hour and a half for myself. It's a lot. I know, I know a lot of moms would probably not want to hear that because I know they don't have a lot of time, but it's pros and cons, right? They have a family. I don't. So this is like, you know, it's pros and cons of everything in life. There is no good without bad. That's something Dr. Lee's really taught me. And it's so true because you sit back and you're like, oh, look, you have all this time. You can do all your affirmations. Well, uh, uh. come walk in my shoes. <laughs> yeah. I think for you, if you put your affirmation on your door every single day, just have one and then look at it every single day and hit it and say it out loud before you leave the door, that would be the best thing or on your computer. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Same okay. one though. You pick one, that's it. And it has to really feel good in your heart. Okay, cool. I will do that. I think I know which one I'm going to use and I'm going to do that. Yeah, good. So uh, I always have these, uh, these, these closing questions that I have that I ask all my guests. Um, mm -hmm. With the increase in the people suffering from depression from this current lockdown, What's the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? With respect to depression? Yeah. So this touches home for me because I had clinical depression for eight months. And I think if there is anything I wish that someone would tell me, well, the first thing is uh, what helped me was just one step. Just one step. You can do one step. So just take one step. And then after you take that one step, just one step. And then you take the one step and then just one step. That's how I actually got to my counselor's office once a week by taking one step. I did not like, I did not want to get out of bed. I didn't want to lift my sheets. I didn't want to move my legs. I didn't want to get the pillow. Like I didn't want to walk to my washroom I didn't want to get in the shower I didn't want to walk to the streetcar I didn't want to make it to school it was a shit show that's full depression there's no want of anything there's no joy in anything there's no point to anything so the one thing that helped me was one step <laughs> I can do one step I don't know how the hell I did it but <laughs> do one step so that was a really powerful word. Just one step, just one step. You go one step, just push yourself one step, one step. But in terms of like the, um, like from naturopathic solutions, 100%, 100%, you have to get eating right. Your brain needs fuel. You absolutely have to be active. Your brain needs circulation. So those two things, eating and circulation, getting some, like even just doing a sprint, just run down the sidewalk and then walk back home. 
run down the sidewalk and walk back home. Just do it once. And it will cause a shift 100% in your brain because you're going to get a rush of dopamine. Everything that you don't have, you're going to get a rush of serotonin. And I know that's ridiculous because it's like, how, how are you going to ask someone who's depressed to actually run? They don't want to run. They don't want to do anything. There's no way. They can't. But you can. You got through it. I got through it. There's 100%. There's a huge light. It's like, come this way. Let me show you. Yep, exactly. Uh, so where do you see your practice in the next five years? sneaky question isn't it very <laughs> sneaky sneaky question i try um, i try well with covid i see myself still seeing patients just a smaller amount of patients maybe eight patients a week would be ideal um just because i really like giving high quality and i want to be able to spend as much time as i can with them and I work on all those levels. So I wanna be able to integrate all those levels with patients, you know, talk the mental emotional, do the subconscious stuff, do, you know, do the eating stuff. So definitely less patients, higher quality. And then I really see myself working with a team, team of women collaborating, programs for empowering, for strengthening self-love, self-confidence, self-esteem for women. And I'm already starting that slowly but surely. So that's something that's happening in the next five years. And then um, the courses that we built, um, that is something that I'm like full throttle in right now. And I'm really looking forward to everything being set into place because there's so much value in, the, in those anxiety courses that I built, like so much value. And with people like for super cheap price, like if you can't afford to go see a naturopath for 200 bucks an hour, you can pay 40 bucks or 50 bucks for like a program that will really help shift you, right? So getting those programs out to people. Cool. So yeah. Cool. And uh, we're gonna be posting your uh, all your links here in the in the show notes. So everybody has easy access to all your programs and everything. Amazing, thank uh, you. What about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? <laughs> Another sneaky, sneaky question. You know, with this whole COVID thing, I'm like, you know, five years is like a really big stretch. So how about we just talk about this week? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, God. Um, that's a good question. I definitely... I know in my heart that in five years, I will have complete alignment with my heart. And that's something that has not happened in a long time. I realized that I've been doing a lot of things to prove to people that I'm worthy, to prove that I'm good enough, to prove that I'm smart enough, to prove, and uh, it's actually mainly for my family. That's what I've been doing. I've been proving myself to my family. They, they, they don't actually care. Like they don't want me to prove anything to them. My parents love me unconditionally. So does my brother. Um, but I've realized through the work that I've been doing, the self work that I've been doing, that I've been proving a lot and proving that I'm good. I probably was proving myself to ex-boyfriends too. You know, hey, pick me, pick me, I'm good. And so now that I'm 
been doing this work, this really conscious deep work, I'm coming out of it and I'm like aligning with my self-worth, aligning with who I am as a person, you know, really acknowledging all the pieces of me, like, wow, you went through university. Wow, you went through grad school. How the hell did you finish that? Wow, you like really like acknowledging this year has been the first year that I'm actually acknowledging everything that I've went through and how hard it was and how much, how I should like, how I should, how uh, I want to give myself credit for those things and appreciate myself and love myself. So yeah, it's a big deal. So in five years, I really like, I hope it happens sooner. I'm going to set the intention for it to happen sooner, but I want full alignment. Like imagine this beautiful white energy just flowing through me, my heart completely cracked open, not afraid of anything, giving love to every single person I see in alignment with every single day with what I'm doing, giving, 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 and uh, helping to activate healing in others still. That's really important. Cool. Yeah, and definitely being by the ocean. One hundred percent. That's really cool. I'm with you on the ocean part, by the way. <laughs> well, you never know. You might have to come. I'm starting a commune for anyone that's over, like, I don't know, maybe in like late 60s, 70s. <laughs> have a big group of people that are all like-minded, you know, loving souls, living, working in the same area, I think would be great. Yeah. Who wants to grow old by yourself? I mean, half the time, many people pass away and you're by yourself, right? Yeah. So it's nice to start a big community of people and healers and leaders and health and wealth. Yeah. If you could pick up the phone and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? I would have told myself, dream, <laughs> dream, dream for something, vision what you really want, vision what really, really connect to that happiness. Like what would really, what, do you, what gives you pleasure? What really brings you joy? You know, what's that dream that would bring you so much joy and connect with that and then Put everything away except for going for it till you get it and then go for something else. That's what I would have told myself. Very cool. Looking back, would you change anything? <laughs> Zero. I would not change a thing because we wouldn't be having this conversation, would be, if I did change anything. There you go. I am who I am because of all the experiences I've had, whether it's shitty experiences, whether it's good experiences, whether they're neutral experiences, we needed all of them to be who we are right now. And once you can say that, you would not change one thing. You would relive it all over again. That's when you have freedom. Amen and that was that. from my mentor, Dr. Lee. Amen to that. What keeps you up at night? You go from that to that. What kind of questions, man? <laughs> what keeps me up at night? Oh. Yeah. I don't think anything has been keeping me up. Well, I mean, like, you know, my grandparents are a little bit older right, right now. They're like in their 90s. So 
I think about them and what the next step for them is and being there to support them and stuff. So that's one thing that's keeping me up, but not really. Like I still sleep, but I, that's what I think about. Wow, lucky you, you still have them around. Yes. My Every last day. my last grandparent passed away uh four years ago. Wow. Did you ever write anything about them? Did you ever like really mourn them? I yeah, I'm not gonna touch that one. Okay, we'll go there. <laughs> well one of the my, techniques for mourning would be to write a letter. My grandmother, when I when she passed away in the 1990, that one hurt because she was like my second mother. That was the closest I've had with any of my four grandparents. The other two grandparents were in Greece. I didn't really live them. I didn't really know them. I mean, when they passed, I felt bad, obviously. Um, but my grandfather here, yeah, that wasn't a good relationship not a good relationship. I mean, it had its moments where it was good, but there was like, yeah, it just, uh, that was a bad relationship. Just mm -hmm. in the whole general scheme of things, it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, where can people find more about you? Um, you can go to www.an D is in David, R E I A C H R I S T I N A dot com, Andrea Christina dot com, or Instagram at love D R D R E I, love Dr. Dre. And again, for everybody out there listening and watching, all the links will be in the show notes. So it's easy access to Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre Horta. So you guys can get all the wonderful programs that she has and her six steps her her anxiety six step course is actually really good i've gone through a couple of the steps because i'm not the best person to be doing these stuff <laughs> i should be but i'm not but they're really good i i, I know dr horta from like again the london real business academy and we work together on um on coaching each other and helping each other you know get our pro get our products across um any final thoughts never ever give up on yourself you come into this world by yourself you leave by yourself don't ever give up on yourself i love that andrea john <laughs> I appreciate you for everything that you do. Um, you have a very, very bright light in this world. And I really appreciate you. All the stuff that you've done for me outside of London Real and this, this conversation has uh, magnified who I am and where I'm going. So uh, for that, I am always grateful for you. Um, and I want everybody out there to know that. And I want everybody there, everybody out there to really, really, really look at her programs. They are out of this world and they will do stuff to you that you had no idea that you were capable of. So I appreciate you for all the, all the work that you do. Now that's, that's, that's something else. 
Thank you. I appreciate you for doing this too. So thank you. You're welcome. Uh, going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you do get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before. And you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or a good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world.